This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. They're into the stretch, and it's Day at the Spa. Day at the Spa's taking the lead. Regalo Mia runs after her on the outside. Al Mustafa kicks it in late. Farthest out, Dixie Strike. Day at the Spa reaching for the wire. Regalo Mia chasing her home. Day at the Spa, too good. Wins the Here Comes the Bride. Regalo Mia was second, and then Al Mustafa and Dixie Strike. Now, here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good evening. Welcome to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich, and we've got a dozen graded stakes to go over tonight that are all taking place this weekend. So many graded stakes to choose from, Bob. We actually didn't have time for all. They have eight graded stakes alone tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. We're going to cover most of them this not tonight. Yeah, I was wondering how you made those selections because, uh, I mean, obviously – they're all really good races with really deep fields, uh, competitive in nature, and uh, they present some pretty difficult handicapping puzzles that we're going to try to solve here on the show. But, uh, yeah, if you get lucky this weekend, I think you'll definitely get paid. At top of the show, we heard the stretch run of the 2012 edition of the Grade 3 Here Comes the Bride Stakes, won by the Great Philly Day at the Spa. This year's Here Comes the Bride, one of eight graded stakes that take place tomorrow at Gulfstream Park, and we will talk about it in segment number one. Folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's just that easy. Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features, including odds charts, odds predictions, and much more. You'll also get free access to Form to Win. It's a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, well, we're going to kick off the Gulfstream Park extravaganza with their seventh race tomorrow. This is the grade two McDermida for four-year-olds and up going the extended distance of a mile and three-eighths on the turf. Field of 10 gathering for the McDermida and some uh, some very well-known faces in here, but nobody that really stands out. We've got a four-to-one shot favored on the morning line, and that is number six, Dyna Drive. Yeah, Dyna Drive was fantastic in the Connolly last time at Sam Houston. Uh, he went out there. It was a mile-and-a-half race on yielding turf, and <clears throat> he really seemed to he, – he ran – it was a breakthrough race for him. He'd never gone that uh, fast, put up those kind of numbers. It'll be interesting to see – if he can run anywhere close to that, if he can, he'll be really tough. Uh, you know, mile and three-eighths on the grass, uh, we always think Mike Maker. Um, he's got three in here, including starting over, who closed ground really well in the in the, uh, in the William McKnight behind Francisco Clement at, at odds of over 40 to 1 for O'Sheen Murphy. Um, you got to figure he's got a shot, and Maker's got a lot of these 11, 12, 12 furlong horses and catch that party who is – Five to two in the Connolly out at Sam Houston uh, didn't really run a jump. So if he gets back to his best, he'll be in the thick of things. Uh, the one horse in here, main event, I don't really know what to make of his uh, effort in the Pegasus turf on January 27th, other than he quite possibly went too fast for his own good. He's sort of an all-or-nothing sort. He'll definitely, if he breaks sharply under Castellano, uh, be on the lead here, and it'll be interesting to see how far he can take him. Uh, I thought it was quite interesting that Jimmy Toner decides to uh, put headline news in a stakes race. Uh, he's the three-horse in here. Jose Ortiz rides the son of uh, Curl, and, and he uh, it, that was a really good allowance race on January 27th. Ice Chocolat, who, who runs in the Canadian turf later on the card, really ran a monster race from the outside. Um, headline news, this is the family that produced uh, Union Rag. So he's he's pretty interesting. And Toner, who's pretty conservative, must be pretty confident to throw him uh, into this stakes race. He's 12-1 to 1 in the morning line. But uh, I'm going to go with Dyna Drive. <clears throat> Dyna Drive, um, definitely uh, 
wants a mound three eighths, and if he, like I said, if he can run anywhere close to that race on January twenty seventh, it'll be real tough. So I'll take the six Dyna Drive for Luis Saez and Mike Maker. Okay, I went to number two Anglophile for Brian Lynch and John Velasquez. Uh, I think he ran a better than uh, looks race last time out in the grade three McKnight when he finished sixth, beating only three and a half lengths. Didn't really have the best of trips that day. I think he's another one that will appreciate the distance of a mile and three eighths. And uh, to me, his good races are as good as anyone in here, and he's not going to be favored six to one on the morning line. Anglophile for me in the grade two McDermott. Eighth race tomorrow at Gulfstream is the aforementioned Here Comes the Bride, a grade three event for three-year-old fillies going one mile on the turf. We've got a field of 11 gathering in this race, Bob. And the morning line favorite is number three, Ozara, who's riding a two-race win streak. Yeah, I'm really happy you played Day at the Spa to start the show because, uh, boy, was she magnificent in her career. She kind of uh, was just getting started in the 2012 Here Comes the Bride. It was her first uh, her first graded stakes win and, of course, a career that ended with her winning the 2014 Breeders' Cup Philly in Mare Turf. So definitely one of the better horses to run in the Here Comes the Bride in recent years. Um, to me, this, this race um, looks like... And I think the odds will reflect it. Looks like a two-horse race on paper. I mean, Ozara remains really sharp for Christophe Clement. Continues to work well in the morning. <clears throat> um, Tyler Gaffleone rides. And she's just an outstanding form. And, and she loves this turf course. And she has a really good tactical speed, uh, which should, which should uh, work in her favor. I mean, her only try against graded company was September 16th at Woodbine. She kind of flattened out. Um, as I think she's just a better filly in Florida and, and just a, a better filly. So I think she's ready to take the uh, step up in class. And uh, Life's an Audible is an awful talented filly, and you can expect her to be flying at the end. But I'll give uh, Ozara the three the edge uh, because of her tactical speed. Yeah, I went to the other favorite, number seven, Life's an Audible. Uh, maybe it's just the fact that Irad is riding her and uh, n- nothing negative against Tyler Gaffleone. He's, uh, Gaffleone. He's obviously very talented and wins a whole lot of races. Uh, but I liked what I saw from Life's an Audible last time out in the sweetest chant, and I actually think there's a plenty of pace in this race, and I think that helps Life's an Audible more than Ozara. They both can close, but I think there's more of a close from Life's Inaudible and uh, the heavy pace that should be in this race, I think will just help her chances. Life's Inaudible for me, Ozara, for Bob, for Bob, rather, in the Here Comes the Bride. Ninth race tomorrow at Gulfstream is the Grade 2 Devona Dale. These are the three-year-old fillies going a mile on the turf. Of course, it is a one-turn mile. I'm sorry, one mile on the dirt. And, of course, it's a one-turn mile when you talk about the main track uh, at Gulfstream Park. We've got a field of eight gathered in this race, Bob. And number two, Leslie's Rose is undefeated coming to this race, stretching out past seven furlongs for the first time, but her breeding says it should be no problem. Yeah, everything about her says it should be no problem. She's by Into Mischief out of a Galileo mare. That's a pretty stout female family. Uh, Whisper Hill Farm uh, bought her for one uh, $1,150,000 at Keeneland September, so she's a must be a real looker uh, with a lot of quality, and she's shown that on the racetrack. I mean, she had trouble at Gulfstream on January 11th, uh, and she still won by a length. I mean, it was not a pretty trip, and Irad, who rides her back. You see a lot of Irad and Pletcher at Gulfstream, I think about six times in these stakes races on, uh, on Saturday. Um, but, <clears throat> of course, uh, the favorite in here should be and will be just FYI. She's the two-year-old champion. Uh, she's three for three. She was mighty tough uh, winning the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies over Jody's Pride and Candied. Um, she ran a huge race in the Frizette, which is, of course, a one-turn mile at, at Aqueduct and Sealed Slop. She's a really powerful daughter of Justify. Um, very interesting in here. And there's a horse on the outside um, that is heavily uh, – uh, are, are, are are very well thought of. Another Into Mischief filly called Into Champagne, who's run two excellent races, uh, won the uh, Glitter Woman here in her second start January 7th under uh, Julian Leperu, Ian Wilkes trains. It'll be interesting to see how she does against the champ. I'm happy they're stepping up and uh, taking her on. But uh, in this spot, it looks like Bill Mott has uh, 
just F, just FYI. He'll be ridden by Junior Alvarado's fresh back from his Saudi Cup victory and Senior Buscador. Looks like he has her primed uh, to maintain her undefeated record. I'll take the I'll take the three. Just FYI. All right, Pete Aiello's morning line has the champ. Just FYI as the slight favorite at seven to five over the undefeated Leslie's Rose. They're both undefeated. Do you think Just FYI goes favored? I, I'm curious into this spot. I, I think there's a chance Leslie's Rose could actually be favored at post time. Well, I mean, you know. It's hard to argue with you because she's been magnificent and no connections uh, take more money at Gulfstream Park or pretty much anywhere they turn up uh, more so than Irad Ortiz and Todd Pletcher. It's kind of similar to Juan Hernandez and Bob Baffert or or Pratt and Baffert on the West Coast. So um, you can always expect kind of anything ridden by Irad, but especially when he rides for Pletcher to be heavily bet. Uh, together, they're 21% in the last 60 days. So they they win kind of at a, at a solid click, not as much as the public would think. Uh, but I think the fact that um, Just FYI is the champ, I think she'll edge it in favoritism. Okay, so you're going with the champ, Just FYI. I think the uh, newcomer, if you will, Leslie's Rose, uh, is the better of the two. We're going to find out tomorrow because it's an intriguing addition of the Devona Dale, two undefeated Phillies, obviously with, uh, well, I, I mean, you want to say bright futures ahead of them, but they're already basically smack dab in the middle of having a great career, and they square off for the first time tomorrow in the Devona Dale. All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we're not done with Gulfstream Park yet. We've got three more graded stakes there to talk about, including the featured event, the Grade 2 Fountain of Youth. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And, of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information, or instant payment email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Desert Wine. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. was the voice of Tom Durkin back in 1996, one of the biggest upsets uh, that I've ever seen, the grade two fountain of youth, 
one by the Tommy Hurd trainee built for pleasure with Gary Boulanger aboard. In fact, he was 143 to 1 that day and somehow not the longest shot in the field. He beat the heavy favorite Unbridled Song, a field that also included some pretty nice horses in victory speech and editor's note. I think, Bob, Louis Couture's was supposed to be in that race, but he scratched to run an allowance race a few days later, and of course he went on to win the Preakness later that year, but built for pleasure a monstrous up, uh, upset in 1996. We will see if we have that kind of monumental upset in this year's edition of the Fountain of Youth, which is the highlight of tomorrow's card at Gulfstream Park. Welcome back. Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Before we get to the Fountain of Youth, we've got more graded stakes to get to on the undercard, including the Grade 2 Gulfstream Park Mile. Uh, Gwoza's Race 11, it is a one-turn mile on the main track. Uh, there were nine entered, uh, eight will run in this race as they've already had a scratch of the inside runner. And morning line favored, Bob, is a horse I know that you've done well with, Brian Lynch's Tumbarumba. Yeah, he's a friend of mine, really tough Louisiana bred. Uh, he won the Hooper last time very narrowly, which uh, gave, gave me a real thrill. Uh, I think that uh, the fact he's eight to five in the morning line's a little much. He went he went off over eight to one in the Hooper, and this race, quite frankly, and it should be, it's a Grade Two instead of a Grade Three. It's tougher. Um, I found it interesting that Todd Pletcher uh, puts Wit, the two horse uh, who I rad rides, back on the dirt. I mean, he he hasn't run terribly on the dirt, but that string of races he put together uh, between. Uh, August of 22 and September of 23, six races all on the grass, really well spotted. Seems like a grass horse. Um, he's a half to Barkley, who was, was a really nice stakes horse in the Pacific Northwest, won the Long Acres Mile. And a half to a horse that we saw run a good second in her debut yesterday, uh, Cohen Vest. So Witt's kind of interesting. He's by Practical Joke out of a Medallia d'Oro Mare, which is a, a, a lovely and versatile pe- uh, pedigree. Um, interesting to see what he does on the dirt. Steel Sunshine's uh, in here. I mean, there really uh, could not be hotter connections on the grounds at Gulfstream Park than Bobby DeBona and Paco Lopez. And uh, this is the one horse that uh, Paco rides for DeBona. And uh, he's a very honest, hard-trying closer. Got beat three-quarters of a length by, by Tumbarumba in the Hooper. Um, I don't know what to do with the four Il Miraculo, uh, Antonio Sano trains uh, with Javier Castellano riding. When he's good, he's really good. I mean, he was second in the Fayette to O'Connor, got beat ahead, uh, ran a good race behind Saudi Crown. We know how good he is in the uh, Pennsylvania Derby. Um, I, I, I feel like he needs more ground than a one-turn mile, but it would be interesting to see what the son of Gunrunner out of a tap at Mare does. Um, it's a pretty hard race. Um, you know, kind of by default, he's my friend. I'm going to bet on uh, – I'm, I'm going to pick Tumbarumba, but at 8-5, to five, I don't think I can back him. But, yeah, Lynch and Saez have uh, been clicking on all cylinders this meet as well, and it, I think he's just a proper horse. I think he can take, make the step up to a grade two company a successful one. Yeah, I think it's Tumbarumba and Steel Sunshine. I put Steel Sunshine on top only because I think you'll get a better price, but the pace may – also favored Tumbarumba. It's hard to find somebody who's going to make the lead in this race. Uh, there are horses that have shown speed on occasion, but not on a regular basis, not even half of the time. And Tumbarumba's probably going to be in front of Steel Sunshine early on, and that uh, may put him in the catbird seat as far as getting a jump on him and uh, going all the way to the wire. I'm going to put Steel Sunshine on top. I would use both of them if I was playing horizontally as far as the Gulfstream Park Mile Race 11 tomorrow at Gulfstream. The 12th race on the card is the Grade 3 Canadian Turf for four-year-olds and up, going a mile and a 16th on the grass. By the way, it's supposed to be beautiful weather in South Florida Florida tomorrow. Field of 10 gathering for the Canadian Turf, Bob. And uh, this is another tough handicapping puzzle. You've got a Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz horse, and Emmanuel who has not run since last summer at Saratoga. That's 2-1 to one on the morning line. 
and is obviously very good when he's on his game. You also have number six, Atone, who's already won, run twice uh, over the winter at Gulfstream Park, and he's another one that, when he puts it all together, is really tough. Yeah, no, Emmanuel won the race uh, last year by a half length uh, and uh, parlayed that victory into a, a good run and, and won the poker at uh, Belmont last June. He definitely has a quality stakes horse. He's 6 for 12. He'll be a short price. He's 2 to 1 in the morning line. I think because he's Irad and Pletcher, he'll go off a little bit shorter than that. Uh, it's definitely worth noting that the two in here, Smoke and T, uh, a warfront uh, horse um, trained by Suge McGahee. Um, he has five wins and 18 starts in his lifetime. He returns from a freshening. He ran November 11th at Churchill. And if you look at his form, just about every time Suge brings him off the shelf, he runs a huge race. Looks like he's working really well at Payson Park. I think he he's a serious threat uh, to win the race. Atone's interesting because Atone uh, won won the Pegasus Turf last year uh, when he was just short of four to one, beat Ivar and Speaking Scout. And this year he ran on the Pegasus and he was thirty four to one, which will show you the the uh, quality of the uh, the field. Which a uh, race, of, of course, it was won by Coolmore's Warm Heart, really just a, a world class filly. And Atone didn't disgrace himself at all. He got beat a length and three quarters under Oshin Murphy. Paco Lopez uh, picks up the mount. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can run back to that. He'll be pretty tough. Uh, but I'm going to pick uh, the 10 horse in here, Ice Chocolate. I think Luis Saez is going to have a big day. Uh, this is a Brazilian bred. Uh, like I said, that race January 27th, uh, that race at Headline News ran third in. Ice Chocolate really, really ran a big race. And although he's uh, rarely stretched uh been stretched out over a mile i think he'll relish the mile on the 16th and kind of significantly uh the last two times he's broken from the 10 hole he's run huge uh including a second in the beating a neck in the arctic uh last year woodbine but i think the uh gary barber Wachtell stable uh, uh owned uh, ice chocolate for mark cassie be pretty tough to beat here in the canadian turf Okay, I'm 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 not on on board with that one. I'm I'm not convinced that he's as good against the horses in this country as he is uh, running north of the border at Woodbine. But you're getting a nice price at eight to one, so I'm never going to talk anybody off something like that. I thought the other three that you mentioned are all very very similar. The two smoke and T three Emmanuel and six Atone. I would probably use all three of those. Uh, the fact that I'm putting number three Emmanuel as my top pick probably means I'm not going to bet the race straight because I think he's going to be too short of a price for me. And I, to be honest, I, I, if you guaranteed me that he was going to run his best race, I'm still not 100% sure he would win. I, I'm pretty sure he would be right there at the line, um, but it doesn't guarantee me that he's better than Smoke and Tea uh, or Atone, maybe even some of the other ones like you mentioned. So I put Emmanuel on top. It's a very, very difficult uh, addition to handicap of the grade three Canadian turf. Featured event tomorrow at Gulfstream is race 14, the grade two $400,000 Fountain of Youth. Three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th on the main tracks. Plenty of Kentucky Derby points up for grabs. And I dare to say, Bob, thus far in 2024, this is the strongest race of four three-year-olds that we have seen. It was a pretty good addition of the Risen Star at Fairgrounds a couple of weeks ago. I happen to think that this field is even stronger than that. You've already got some graded stakes winners in this race in Dornuck and Locked, who were the two favorites on the morning line. And you've got two horses coming out of the same maiden race on January 27th, Speak Easy and Victory Avenue, that both ran very big numbers in their debut. This is a fun fountain of youth. Yeah, no, the uh, the the two once race horses you referred to are Speakeasy, a son of Constitution out of a Harlan's Holiday Mare. It's a, it's Irad and Pletcher again. Uh, interestingly, was not really fancied in that light in that first lifetime start. Went off at a shade over eight to one, and uh, Victory Avenue, the three who reopposes here, uh, trained by Gustavo Delgado and ridden by Johnny Velasquez. That's a switch from Saez to Velasquez. He was actually the three three to two favorite, and he got beat a length on a, a length and three quarters by Speakeasy. He, he definitely didn't disgrace himself. Uh, he's a very nice uh, son of Arrogate. I mean, it's just a it's a huge step up in class. But they look like they have the talent uh, to mix it up um, with these kind of horses. 
Um, I thought really the horse to kind of focus on in terms of your uh, in terms of your exotics and, and definitely a play underneath in here is Merritt, uh, the six horse. He's Triple Crown nominated, son of Mastery. Uh, ran a, a really big race, kind of cruised over inferior horses in his maiden November 4th. Uh, ran third, beaten five and a half, uh, kind of pressed the pace. Uh, probably, probably sat too close to a really fast pace. Uh, Safi Joseph trains this when Edgar Zayas uh, rides, and of course they're always a live uh, combo down there. The most significant thing about Merritt in this race and the fact that he's going to be a huge price is the uh, owner-breeder Peter Blum. He's had this productive uh, family for years, all, all these mares going back first dam, second dam, third dam. This is the family that's produced uh, Statuette, In Contention, Well-Chosen, Academy Award, and uh, significantly he's been very sharp in the uh, AM uh, over at uh, Palm Meadows. I think he'll run a big race. Um, Locked, of course, in, is in here. He returns uh, for his first race. Since he was a little bit disappointing as the favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, he was he was uh, outstanding in the uh, Breeders' Futurity, the grade one at Keeneland. It'll be interesting uh, uh, to see what he does. Jose Ortiz uh, rides that one. That, that's the regular rider for Locked, and Irad rides the uh, highly talented Speakeasy from the one hole. But uh, I think this is Doorknock's race to win. In fact, uh Dornock's been uh, training very forwardly. Of course, this is a full brother to Mage. He won the Kentucky Derby uh, last year. He ran a, a pretty great race, uh, even though he's quite green in the Remsen on December 2nd, nosing out Sierra Leone, who, of course, uh, won the, the big race at Fairgrounds the other day impressively. And Jarmol Please, who ran in there, he's come back and, and won at Aqueduct as well. So that was... One of the key races of the two-year-old season. It's nice to see the Remsen getting good support as a nine-furlong uh, two-year-old race. But uh, I think Danny Gargan's got him prime. Uh, Luis Saez is his main man. Uh, he takes the mount. And I would not be surprised to see Dornock win this race and go straight to the Derby from this race. I think he. I think he's going to run huge, and I think he'll he'll get the. Uh, the points needed to uh, qualify, and I think he, he uh, is a horse to me that uh, goes very well fresh, and I, I, that, I think that would be the plan. Doorknock's my pick. Okay. Um, I am completely opposite of you in this race. I am against Doorknock with every bone in my body in this race. <laughs> I, 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 I am just not convinced. I'm convinced he's very talented. I don't know if he's as talented as some of the others in here. Uh, but that being said, uh, the main reason that I'm going to pick against him and some of the others is I just think there's a ton of speed in this race. Speakeasy, Ladombro, Victory Avenue, uh, Dornuck, all figure to want the lead or be close to the pace. I mean, doesn't Locke have to be closing in this race? He looks like just by default he's got to be rolling in the late stages. I don't know if one of these new coming type of horses in Speakeasy and Victory Avenue are just better than horses like Locked and Dornock. They may be, but the pace scenario just screams that Locked has got to be very, very tough in the Fountain of Youth. I'm going to put him on top. Second choice on the morning line. Wouldn't be shocking if he actually goes off the favorite, and I think he'll be rolling down the stretch and take the grade two Fountain of Youth. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we've got other graded stakes around the country, including Aqueduct and Santa Anita. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 Ponds with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. 
and whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Now, Easy Goer has made a move again on the outside, and Easy Goer takes second by a length. Texian on the rail third, then expensive decision, and Cantrell Road has dropped into fifth. Three quarters, eight, and three. The pace is still fast as Easy Goer moves alongside Diamond Donnie. Easy Goer now gets the lead and goes clear by two. Diamond Donnie is second by three, then expensive decision, and Texian Kentrell Road has been eased. They pass 16th pole. Easy Goer has the lead. Easy Goer wins by 10, and Diamond Donnie was second, and expensive decision third in the seventh race. The Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct. Track announcer Marshall Cassidy not sounding as excited as maybe he <laughs> should have been with that performance of Easy Goer winning the 1989 edition of the Grade 3 Gotham. Not only did he win the Gotham by about 10 lengths that year, but he set a stakes and track record for the one-turn mile, covering it in 132-2. And, and this year's Gotham is the featured event tomorrow out at Aqueduct. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, before we get back to the stakes action, it's time for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Well, this one's a little bit of a bummer. Santa Anita postpones Big Cap and other stakes to March 3rd. With a weather forecast calling for persistent rain, Santa Anita Park announced February 29th there will be no live racing Saturday, March 2nd, and that the Santa Anita Handicap and three other graded stakes will be shifted to Sunday, March 3rd. They first post time uh, for the 10-race card at 12.30 p.m. Pacific. A much more favorable weather scenario is anticipated Sunday with a forecast of sunny skies and high temperature of 62 degrees. Accordingly, the decision to move Saturday's card to Sunday was made in consultation with Dennis and Robert Moore, who oversee Santa Anita track maintenance, as well as with officials from the California Hate Horse Racing Board, Thoroughbred Owners of California, California Thoroughbred Trainers, and the Jockeys Guild California Tracks operate under strict inclement weather protocols. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. Follow the road to the Kentucky Derby, plus have the latest racing, breeding, sales, and industry news and analysis, plus entries, results, race replay videos, and more at your fingertips with the Blood Horse Daily app for your phone, updated throughout the day or delivered daily in an email. Both are free. Blood Horse Daily has the largest reach of any industry electronic newsletter or app. Go to bloodhorse.com forward slash daily to download the app or sign up now. I don't want to get too much into it, Bob, as I talked about it a little bit earlier on Betting with Bobby, but this is a bummer for me as I'm headed to L.A. tonight after the show. I was planning to go to Big Cap Day tomorrow, and now with the move to Sunday, I'm not going to be going to Big Cap Day as I will be headed back to Florida. Uh, They've gotten themselves into a very strange situation out in Southern California and specifically at Santa Anita. To know, you know, it rained all day today at Fairgrounds, no issues. It's supposed to rain all day tomorrow at Aqueduct, including for the Gotham and those other stakes. They will continue to run. The chance of rain at Santa Anita and people start screaming, and that's the way it is. And it's unfortunate, but uh, like I said, they've gotten themselves into a situation that I don't know how they're going to get out of Big Cap Day 
is moved to Sunday. Let's get back to Aqueduct, though. We're not done with the Saturday action. They've got four big stakes on the card tomorrow at Aqueduct. We're going to look at two of them, starting with race nine, the grade three Tom Fool for four-year-olds and up, sprinting six furlongs on the main track. Field of eight in the Tom Fool. Bob, nine to five favorite on the morning line is number five, Rotney, who uh, looked really good in the safe Florida Sandy last time out. Yeah, um, unlike the Gulfstream Park Mile, in which you were quite correct in saying that uh, you couldn't really see where the pace was going to come from in that race, and it's a race that definitely really could be a a slowly run race, Uh, this race looks like it's going to be pretty um, lively on the the front end, uh, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, basically, um, you'll... um, Hold on here. Let me get on over the. Okay, yeah, Super Chow. Super Chow got away with murder last time. Super Chow, uh, when he won the toboggan, which was a which was a good effort, um, unquestionably a very good effort. Uh, but he went, and we noted uh, yesterday when we were watching Aqueduct on the show that um, that the track is just plain and simply slow. But uh, these are Grade Three horses on February third at Sealed Mud, and uh, Madison Olver was able to. Uh, make a pretty easy lead on Super Chow, who's trained by uh, Jorge Delgado. He's two for three with a third on the meet. And uh, Olver just absolutely cruised uh, in the race. Well, this time, uh, like you mentioned, he's got not only Rotney uh, to deal with, but he's also got Durante. And on their day, they can both be really fast. And, and Durante loves Aqueduct. He's two for five with two seconds and a third. Uh, when he's good, he's very good. Uh, they sent him down to Oaklawn uh, January uh, 27th to run in the fifth season. Looks like a bad idea. Uh, returns him more to his bread and butter um, at Aqueduct. Uh, I expect him to run a much better race, and I expect a very lively pace in this race. And I think it's going to set it up for a horse that, although he was well beaten last time by Super Chow four and a quarter, uh, Lengths. Man- Manny Waugh, who of course is a grade two winner, he won the 2022 Phoenix at Keeneland, looks, looked like uh, he was kind of rounding back into form. He's an eight-year-old now by Will Take Charge. He's ridden by uh, uh, um, Ramon Vasquez, who goes up from Hot Springs to ride uh, not only the Tom Fool, but the uh, Gotham. He rides one for Brad Cox. It looks pretty interesting in the Gotham. Um, I expect him to benefit from that lively pace and be flying at the end. And he's 8-1 to one in the morning line. I think he's got a chance to pull this off uh, for his six-lifetime win. All right, so I am also going to go with an 8-1 to one shot in this race with a little bit of a caveat. I think number 624, Mamba, is another one who can benefit from the fast pace. I know he's been facing lesser, but he's headed the right direction for trainer Charlie Baker. Dylan Davis is riding lights out. Uh, at Aqueduct this year, and I like the uh, what I've seen from 24 Mamba late. I'm going to say this. If the track is wet tomorrow, I'm not interested in 24 Mamba. He's run twice on a wet track, and they just simply were not nearly the efforts that he fires on fast tracks. If somehow those that make forecasts are incorrect and it's not rainy all day like it's supposed to be in New York tomorrow, I think 24 Mamba has a big chance at a nice price. The track is wet. I'm probably less interested in him in the Tom Fool. Featured race tomorrow at Aqueduct is race number 10, the grade three Gotham for the three-year-olds going the one-turn mile on the main track, a field of 13 trying to get their share of the $300,000 purse as well as their share of the Kentucky Derby qualifying points. And you've got a, a horse for Brad Cox who broke his maiden uh, with authority in his career debut, number 10, just a touch, who may go off the favorite. Yeah, and, you know, legitimately so. I mean, he's. it seems like there's some really talented horses in here uh, that are, you know, completely unexposed and they, and they need to step up. Uh, but just a touch has, as a, you know, a, a, he was really impressive at the fairgrounds. He did it over sealed slop, uh, so he won't be bothered at all by that. Um, obviously, the word was out on the 10 horse in here. Uh, he went off at 1-2. to two. Um, Florent Giroux makes the uh, trip to New York on Saturday and is planning to be out there at Santa Anita for the rescheduled card on Sunday. I guess it's worth noting, too, that there's bonus racing on Monday at Santa Anita if you're interested in uh, in uh, high-quality Monday racing. But uh, this race is deep. I mean, uh, 
For one thing, uh, the two horse in here is going to be a, a huge price. Uh, Maximus uh, Meridius, a son of Maximus Mischief. Uh, he's done little wrong in his career. And uh, when Butch Reed has been shipping, whether to Laurel or Aqueduct in the last several months, uh, he means serious business. And this one's tearing up the track in the morning at Parks. I, I would I would not leave out uh, Maximus Meridius if you're playing uh, Exactus Tries and Supers. Uh, deterministic is quite interesting in here. Uh, hasn't raced since he broke his maiden last August 12th at Saratoga. Uh, Joel Rosario rode him that day for Christophe Clement. Interesting, with all the options out there for Joel Rosario on a Saturday, he shows up in New York to ride deterministic, so uh, he must really like the horse. That's kind of interesting. you got to respect El Grande O. He's about as tough a three-year-old as there is in American racing. Um, he never misses a dance, and uh, he'll be making his 11th lifetime start. You can expect him to be right in the thick of it uh, at the 8th pole, 16th pole, and uh, he's just tough. I mean, he's hard to argue with. Um, Bergen for Brad Cox was really impressive, winning the uh, Winkfield by five and a quarter, uh, dusted that bunch. Um, Lightline, who also is Brad Cox, I think Brad Cox has four in here. Um, he's quite interesting. He's honest. He's out of a really good mare called Upper Line, who won about eight hundred thousand in her career. So I, I mean, it's I don't think there's that many superstars in here. There might be one or two, uh, but you gotta love the strength and depth here in the uh, in the Gotham, which is a, a race that's uh, dear to me because one of the best live races I ever saw in my life was the '92 Gotham, in which Devil is Due and Lure hooked. And they dead heated, and it was just a fa fantastic race. So very, very fond memories of that day in '92. But I'm going to go with uh, just a touch. I mean, just a touch. Um, you know, looks like one of these horses that's uber talented, and I expect it to be a wet track. And I think he'll relish it. And uh, he's working right along. I think Brad Cox has a very good three-year-old colt. All right, hard to be hard to argue with that. Uh, by the way, trainer Butch Reed, you mentioned with Maximus Meridius, he's going to be a guest of our good friend Mike Penna tomorrow morning on the Equine Forum. I went with Deterministic. I liked what I saw from him that one start last summer at Saratoga, coming from off the pace. Looked very professional at getting the job done. Looks like he's been working forwardly down in South Florida for his return. If he improves from his two-year-old year to his three-year-old year like most horses do, He's going to be really tough to beat at a square price in the Gotham. But I agree with you, Bob. It's a very intriguing race, and I think there are several different ways to go. Bob likes just a touch. I like deterministic and a fun addition of the grade three Gotham. Uh, four graded stakes, not Saturday, but Sunday at Santa Anita including the grade two San Felipe, which goes as race number six. Three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th on the main track just a field of five. It is a points qualifier on the road to the Derby, unless Bob Baffert is the one earning the points, and he's got three of the five runners. I'm going to start it off, Bob. It's very simple. Nisos is in this race. He's one to five on the morning line. I think he's clearly the best three-year-old in the country so far, and there's no chance I'm betting him at that price. <laughs> I think he'll be one to 20. Um, it, you know, basically this is a three hundred thousand dollar pot. Uh, the horse that comes in second picks up twenty five Kentucky Derby points. There's two horses that aren't trained by Baffert in here. That's a John's, John Sadler trained Scatify, and McBay trained by John Sheriffs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can garner some points. Uh, but it's going to be obviously you're running for second as far as we can tell from all known form nisos ought to win this by at least eight lengths and uh you know to me it's it's a matter of uh if you if you're running in the race you're trying to get the sixty thousand dollar purse to run second and uh i think that it's hard to argue with that uh, you know baffert's going to run one two and i think imagination uh will run second i mean he's he's just a hard trying horse he's got three seconds from four tries and a win but he's uh He's a very expensive, attractive son of Into Mischief, and I expect it to be 3-5 uh, Nisos over Imagination. Yeah, I would agree with that. We both think Nisos keeps on going in the grade two San Felipe. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, three more graded stakes on the Sunday side. I need a card to talk about. This is the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. 
The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events. And our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. Radio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. They come for home. Ali Shiva, Ferdinand on the outside. Judge Angelucci, Super Diamond at the eighth pole. Ferdinand and Ali Shiva. What a race this is. Just what the fans wanted. Ferdinand and Ali Shiva. Ali Shiva's holding on at the rail. Ali Shiva and Chris McCarran win the big cap. Well, in 1987, Ferdinand and Ali Sheba came down to the line together at Hollywood Park in the Breeders' Cup Classic with Ferdinand getting the better of Ali Sheba. Fast forward a few months later in the 1988 Grade 1 Big Cap at Santa Anita, Ali Sheba turning the tables on Ferdinand. Two really, really nice racehorses in the oh. mid to late 80s, renewing acquaintances. And this year's Big Cap is the Sunday feature at Santa Anita. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's just that easy. Once again, go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. Well, Bob, before we talk about the big cap, we've got another grade one event to talk about Sunday at Santa Anita. And this is the Kilrow Mile for four-year-olds and up going a mile on the turf. And we can only hope that they are actually on the turf Sunday after what's supposed to be a day and a half of rain uh, that already started a little bit earlier today. Good field going in the mile and number two Easter riding a three race win streak figures to be the favorite. Yeah, I mean, Easter is, you know, kind of generally considered right now to be the best older turf horse in, in Southern California and certainly is. His uh, three-race winning streak bolsters that idea, including a pair of uh, grade twos, one at Del Mar on November 25th in the Seabiscuit Handicap, and then uh, showed his affinities two for two on this turf course, one pretty easily uh, running into a, closing very strongly into a slow pace in the San Gabriel. So uh, he'll be a short price. He's nine to five in the morning line. Um, It's a little bit tougher in here. Uh, We've got... An interesting horse, uh, Goliad, uh, trained by Dick Mandela and ridden by Kazushi Kimura. He's one of these runaway and hide horses. He just goes as fast as he can and 
and uh, tries to hold on in the stretch. And he did so rather easily last time in the Thunder Road in which he beat Dandy Man Shines, who reopposes, and here he beat him by three. Um, the uh, There's quite a bit of quality in terms of grade one pass performances. Uh, for one thing, um, Iridao in here, uh, who's a real, real deep closer, uh, another Argentinian bred, uh, he ran uh, second, beaten a half length by Exalted in the uh, Shoemaker Mile last year. Uh, he's run run well in grade twos, and, and, of course, that being a grade one, he was 41-1 to one that day. Kind of interesting that Jeremy Laprida, who doesn't ride that many, rides him for Marcelo Polanco, but they won the uh, Clockers Corner down the hill last year. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick DeJour. Uh, DeJour was fantastic in the Del Mar Mile. Uh, winning that by two and a quarter over the aforementioned Exalted and the very good visitant uh, on September uh, 2nd at Del Mar. My my chief concern with him is I think he might be a little bit better at Del Mar, but he's quite good uh, at this racetrack as well. He uh, only got beat three and a half, went 10th in the Breeders' Cup mile. Uh, this this looks like a much more reasonable test, and he was second by a net, closing hard all the way at 10 to 1 under Frankie last year behind Gold Phoenix uh, in this race. Flavian Pratt rides him. He's won on him. He, he rode a beautiful race on him in the Delmar Mile, and I think DeJour for Pratt and Baffert uh, win at a nice little price. Okay. I, I can't get past the favorite Easter. I just think everything he's done in Southern California – uh, makes him look like he's better than the other horses out there. If anything, I might try to get number nine first piece to get underneath in tries, uh, maybe in exactas in tries. He's 10 to 1 on the morning line, been sprinting, but has run decently routing, and I think he may get first crack at Goliad when they come to the top of the stretch. Maybe he can hold on for second or third, but I think Easter runs by everybody and gets his fourth consecutive win. The featured event uh, at Santa Anita Sunday is the Grade 1 Santa Anita Handicap, a mile and a quarter on the main track. We've got a field of seven in this year's Big Cap, Bob, and the 5-2 to two morning line favorite is a Phil D'Amato trainee in New Grange. Yeah, Highland Falls is the most interesting entrant in here. He shows up uh, from fairgrounds for Brad Cox, and uh, like I mentioned before, Florence Rue goes out and rides him makes his stakes debut in the big cap. He's by curling out of round ponds. He, he about as regally bred as it gets in American racing. It'll be very interesting to see how he performs. Um, a lot of people love this uh, talking horse from Argentina, Sub Sanador, when he ran in the San Antonio, went off at 6-5 to five under Pratt. Didn't run a horrible race, but he definitely didn't look like a world beater. It'll be interesting to see if he benefits from that experience. Uh, but I'm skeptical over whether Sub-Sanador, Newgrange, and uh, and Newgate, whether they want a mile and a quarter. Um, I just don't think that they're mile and a quarter horses, and that's, of course, the significant uh, aspect of the big cap. Uh, is uh, Stamina is quite important. And I'm going to take a shot <clears throat> with uh, Salesman, uh, who's a very well-related son of Dubawi, and he was really pretty subpar when he first got over here from France. Uh, Mandela trains him, and Flavian Pratt picks up the mount, uh, or takes the mount back, because he blew apart that uh, grade two mound five-eighths race on the on the uh, Breeders' Cup undercard, and I think he just might have found his home in that race. He'll unquestionably stay a mile and a quarter. He's a half to solo, won over $4 million, including grade ones in France, Dubai, and England three times. And I think that uh, his workout pattern is really delightful for Mandela, and I expect a huge effort from a salesman in the big cap. All right, we're running short on time. I'm just going to say I like number two, Highland Falls, trying Southern California for the first time. Final race we'll talk about is race 10. It's the grade two Buena Vista for fillies and mares going a mile on the turf. Once again, we hope this race stays on the turf. Field of 11 going in the Buena Vista, Bob. Where'd you end up? Well, I mean, it's, this is tough too. I mean, you make a case for Bella Bell who came back from a long layoff and won. You can make a case for Kiss by Fire. Ruby Nell is outstanding. Uh, Nadette's a really classy closer. The Calbred uh, closing remarks. Uh, it's another really deep field, but I'm going to stick with Mufi, who just had a horrible trip last time. Uh, under Kimura, uh, gets the jock switch to Frankie Dottori today. He switches from the one hole out to the 11 hole. 
I really liked her determination in chasing Bella Bell home, and I think with anything close to a cl- uh, clean trip, she'll be very tough to beat. At a pretty handsome price, she's 5-1 to one in the morning line. I expect her to go off somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, she's got a big chance, and all three of her turf starts were very, very good. I think at some point she's going to have to pass Ruby Nell. Now, it, I don't know if DeTori took off Ruby Nell to ride Mufi or he was taken off Ruby Nell and replaced by a guy that's ridden Ruby Nell a lot in Edwin Maldonado. You wouldn't normally think that Maldonado would have more say than DeTori, and I would think very few people think that Maldonado is the caliber of rider that DeTori is or was. But the fact is that Ruby Nell's run very well for Edwin Maldonado, and I think she is going to be in front at the top of the stretch. There is other speed in the race, but I don't think she has to have the lead. Uh, Mufi's going to have to come catch her. Those are the two that I would use. I'll put Ruby Nell on top, but I agree, Bob, Mufi is going to be very tough in the grade two Buena Vista. That's 12 races. Time now for the Amwager Best Bets. The Amwager Best Bet. Best Bet. All right, pal, where are you headed? Yeah, I'm going to head to the big cap. Um, I just think uh, you can make a case against, uh, th- you know, three horses that are going to be sh- short prices, whether or not they can stay a mile and a quarter. I think that Highland Falls, who's light on experience, that'll be interesting. Uh, he, he, you know, he looks like he'll like the mile and a quarter. But I'm going to go with salesman. I think you know the fact that you get Pratt and Mandela, who are four to five, uh, four for five together in the last 60 days, five for five in the money. Uh, you get the you know basically haul as high profile connections as you get out there in Southern California. I think the horse will love a mile and a quarter. I think he'll 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 win at a square price. Salesman in the big cap. All right, so that's a nice price. Uh, I don't think mine is going to be nearly that kind of a price. But I just don't see how the race doesn't shape perfectly in the Fountain of Youth for Locked. Whether or not Locked is better than some of the others, we're going to find out. Uh, But he's going to have the right pace scenario in this race, whereas the others that I think are the logical ones in the field, uh, in no particular order, Speak Easy, Victory Avenue, and Dornock, they all look like they want to be forwardly placed. I think Locked has got to come running. This was a horse that uh, was... The single betting interest favorite, I think, for a little while going to this Kentucky Derby. And then he missed a start in the Sam F. Davis. Supposedly he was sick and he missed a work. Who knows Who knows what of that was true? We know he missed a work. I don't know how sick he was in the race. But uh, the, the Fountain of Youth was never plan A. It was always plan B for Locke. But supposedly he's worked well. Uh, since the little bit of a hiccup a, a few weeks ago, and I just think he's going to get the right pace scenario to win tomorrow's Fountain of Youth. Uh, folks, another bang-up edition of the Equine Forum tomorrow morning here on HRRN. Our good friend Mike Penn of the Baron of the Backstretch uh, speaks with Kentucky Derby winning owner Ramiro Restrepo as he discusses his Fountain of Youth contender, Victory Avenue. He bids to return to Churchill Downs to defend his title. Windstar CEO Elliot Walden talks about Fountain of Youth entrance speak easy and looks back on Timberlake's win in last Saturday's Rebel. Trainer Butch Reed looks ahead to the run of Maximus Meridius in the Gotham. Santa Anita morning line maker John White previews Big Cap Day. Plus, Vance Hansen gives you three races to watch in the triple play. Kurt Becker takes you on his weekly stroll through racing history. Presented by Keelan and Dale Romans, Tim Wilkin tackle the sport's hottest topics on I Ask, They Answer, presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program, all part of another huge edition of the Equine Forum tomorrow morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Sirius 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or right here on our website at horseracingradio.net. Bob, we're running out of time. I have an interesting question for you. We may not have enough time to answer it. With all the stuff that's gone on in Southern California and the rules and regulations when there's bad weather, what happens if there's a Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita and rain is forecast for Breeders' Cup Saturday? Uh, we just have to deal with it. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think you can move the Breeders' Cup around. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, there's been obviously, I remember the Monmouth Park Breeders' Cup was just ghastly weather, as was the Arlington one. It's just part of the deal. And, uh, yeah, no, if if they're unfortunate enough to get unusual weather uh, for Breeders' Cup, they just got to run it. 
And I think, was it the 95 Breeders' Cup at Belmont with Ridgewood Pearl running and, oh, and Cigar and inside information that was all, it was a, a bog that day as well. Oh, the um, rainbow came out for inside information. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, I mean, obviously they run races when the track's off. It's just they don't run races at Santa Anita when it's supposed <laughs> to rain like that. So uh, uh, let's hope they don't have, listen, uh, I like chaos, but we hope that that never happens. But still... You know, you got to question it with the the way they are so willing to, you know, postpone days <laughs> or cancel days or whatever uh, with rain in the forecast. That's going to wrap it up tonight on the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview. For our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, Bob Nastanovich, I'm Bobby Newman. Have a great weekend at the track, everybody. Travel safely, Bob.